This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Dave Laney Lane and Gary GP Paul. Gents, a great week for Brentford. Finished the season on a positive note. Six points and you only had to play one match. We've got, we've got beeping in our ears. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it was it was a very positive end to the season. Yeah, the the uh, the um, the result, you know, the, the the eventual EFL decision to name us, uh, um, you know, give us the the points was the right one. At one stage, we thought we were going to have to play the game, which would have been a bit of a farce, if I'm honest with you. So yeah, the, the six points meant that we uh, finished eleventh, which you know we, well, have, having been fifteenth for the last part of uh, the season, it, it, it seems like it was. Uh, about right, do you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, you can definitely say that we've snuck into the um, to, you know, we stuck into the top half of the table. Um, about I'd say it was a very good day. Um, I said we're probably feeling a bit worse for wear this morning. And was it a celebration of the whole season? Did you did you behave yourselves? Did you have a good time? Yeah, no, we definitely did. I mean, we it was whatever the result was going to be, we were going it was going to be like that. Um, because you know there are a lot of people that aren't from the area. If you're not in the same area, you might not see these people for you know until August when this next season resumes. So um, yeah, you know we just kind of caught up and did a good laugh with the Preston lads as well. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was obviously an early start, which is a bit weird. Sometimes the atmosphere with an early early kickoffs can be a little bit subdued. But uh, the pubs opened nice and early, so I think that people, was good of them. Yeah, it was very good that of them. Yeah. So we, had, we, had, we went and had breakfast, and we had a, had a couple of uh, cold drinks, and then um, went and uh, Coca Cola, orange juice, of course, Johnny. And um, yeah, so we the the team obviously put on a show as well which we were really delighted with you know it was it was important that we just didn't kind of just get the, the season didn't just peter out didn't mm. fade out and the, they you know Preston had been pretty strong all season and uh, it, was, it was a, a notable, noticeable scalp Did you feel with any of those players really turning up as you say on the final day was there any indication that there could have been an element of trying to put themselves in the shop window or was this just for the benefit of the Brentford fans? No, there, we, we we made some changes. Um, Sawyers didn't play. Um, Camo Mococcio didn't play. Um, you know, De Silva had another another impressive match, I thought, yesterday. Yes, very much. Um, so, yeah, there, there were there were changes that, that, that were made. So, yeah, I, I did, it, it was they, they reshuffled the pack. I mean, let's be honest, Preston didn't really turn up. So, so that really did help, but uh, you know, again, three nil against any team in this division is always, a good, you know, is always a good result. Yeah, I think we took a little while to get going, and I, mean, I don't know if you saw pretty much in the first minute, Jean Vier was a clash ahead, so it actually stopped the game for about ten minutes. In terms of that, we've seen football's attitude to head injuries discussed a lot in recent weeks. It's been a big topic. It was brought to the fore again with Jan Vertonghen in the Champions League. Were you impressed by how quickly? 
Brentford dealt with that and the manner in which they did so? It looked bad, if I'm honest with you. He didn't move for, for you know, 10 minutes, so it was, it's hard to work out. Obviously, you hope for the best, but kind of sometimes you fear for the worst because mm. you, you, there have been examples of Ryan you know, Mason, Ryan Mason yeah. in particular, you know, of career-changing um, injuries. But you know, we, we heard at the end, um, Peter Gillam announced that um, Jean Vey had stayed at Griffin Park. He hadn't gone to hospital. But yeah, he so. was on. He, he did come out for the lap of honour at the Excellent. end. So. Yeah, no, so, that was a good sign. Yeah, so that's that's a relief because you know it's as you say you know it's, it's, you, you don't you never like to see players get injured no. and when you've got you know oxygen being administered you you assume it could be breakages and you know the pain thresholds are, are being pushed. So yeah, I mean, it, was, it was great to see that he was all right. But you know they held 13 minutes of uh, injury time in the first half. It was it was a little bit. There was everything. So there was two 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 fans were led away on stretches as well. Mm. Two collapses. So um, this was the thing. I, I was here in the studio live mm. doing the Love Sport yeah. Championship Judgment Day, and we were looking at the scores coming in, and we were thinking, what has gone on at Brentford? And initially, we only heard about the fans. It was only later that we heard about Jean Vier. Did you yeah. get paid? Over? Overtime. Uh, no, no. We just had, we had to wait for you, as we often do. But that's all right. But I think everyone's all right. I haven't heard any any any, any awful news. So well, yeah, we can only hope so. And it of course went very well on the pitch. Were there any particular standout performers, as far as you're concerned? Well, I'd say it's a very good performance by De Silva, as Dave mentioned earlier on. I was very impressed with him. It was it was very comfortable. And as I say, after it, there was a bit of a lull after the Janvier injury. But then, as I say, it started to pick up and probably from about the 20th minute on, we were completely dominant. Yeah, I, I thought um, Canos, he finished the season well. He, he'd be put in a real shift, especially in the second half. Um, and he he set up more pace goal. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, it was a, a great, great run. Took it to the byline. Perfect cross. Cracking finish as well. Great finish. He was, you know, that, that's, that's what we'd be coming to expect from him now. You know? Do you think he was confident it was squeaking in under the bar? Because it's one of them where if you're a striker, when that leaves your boot, I would have been looking at it going, mm, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yes, you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am not Neil Morpet. No, no I, I dread to think what I would have done with that chance. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it would have gone right over the stand, I would imagine. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, that's, that's what, as I said, that's what we've come to expect from him. Um, and it was, it was good to to see that he finished the season in scoring form because I actually felt sorry for him. He was probably the biggest loser from that Bolton match because it's, 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 it's one game <laughs> less for him to score. And, yeah. You know, when when you're when you're pushing for um, you know to be the highest scorer in the division or highest scorer at your club, you know, one or two goals are going to make all the difference. So he was probably denied a, a, a really realistic chance of probably getting a couple because you know they would have played a subdued you know a, a second rate team against Bolton um, against Brentford. If Bolton had, had fielded a team, so yeah, um, so yeah, he, he finished on a high. If he's got a gold bonus in his contract, he's going to be absolutely livid, isn't he? Why was it say, us yeah. who had to miss the game? And of course, it was a great day for Basotted, not just because Brentford won the game, but because you also managed to secure, secure a rather impressive interview. Yeah, Billy Billy tracked down um, the the chairman Cliff Crown at the uh, um, in the post match podcast. So we'll be we'll be playing that again. If you if you hadn't heard that this morning, we'll we'll be playing um, what Cliff uh, thought of the season. It's, it's it's a really interesting one because obviously as fans, we're you know. Our expectations are quite high, and we we, we talk about um, what what Cliff says in that um, after after the, the package is played. But uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of it, it kind of puts your puts your feet back on the ground a little bit when you sometimes you need it. I don't know, you get carried away sometimes because we, we've been so so near but so far for a lot of this season, and we've and we've been playing really well in stages. And you think we're not a million miles away, but then you realise you know what we're up against, the budgets we're up against. So uh, you know it's, it's interesting to hear what Cliff has to say. Mm. We'll also be bringing you updates from the Premier League action tonight throughout the show. We're currently 52 minutes played in Manchester City nil, Leicester nil still. And bear in mind that City have to win this game if they're to overtake Liverpool and return to the top of the Premier League table. But coming up on the Brentford Fan Show, it's time to hear from the chairman. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Dave Laney Lane and Gary GP Paul of Besotted. And we've come to expect excellence from Besotted. Not just do they bring us glorious post-match reaction from the pub after the game, but this week they've even secured an interview with the club chairman. Let's take a listen. Final whistle's just gone. You can hear the applause from the crowd as Brentford ended their season 
on an up note and we saw Neil Malpay score yet another goal for him to be the highest goal scorer at Griffin Park or highest scorer at Bradford since Dean Holdsworth in 1992 if I remember rightly 28 goals for Neil Malpay absolutely fantastic and all in all it's been a good season a bit disappointing in parts but at the end of the day listen we're still a small team in a very rich league and we have once again shown what we can do season overall what are your thoughts that's a big question but I think uh, looking, looking at our 11th place uh, there's a, a lot belies that, that placing a lot has happened I mean, when you think we've lost the manager our chief scout our assistant manager there's been changes um, in the club that the players have had to struggle to deal with I think to come to come out of this season with 11th I think it's been great um, all in all so I look forward to the season ahead of us with, with some with cautious optimism Billy I think if I look back at what I said at the start of the season then probably disappointed with where we finished because I thought really we had, a, we had a shot this year but lots of things happened during the year didn't they with the manager going and Rob Rowan and all those kind of things that threw us out so you know you asked me last week what I thought of the season I thought it was another fun season I've enjoyed it as always you know we're competing high at this level and as when you get to the last game you think if we can keep this team and add a few yeah let's go again next year but it's great we know where we've come from and where we are now and it's been a good season uh, very enjoyable season very strange season lots of weird stuff going on some sad stuff going on but uh, I mean I you know I do all the home games and not so many away and home we've been magnificent to watch some of the play we've seen this season has been absolutely fantastic I think you know the, the newcomer in Ben Rama has just been gorgeous to watch and you know added to people like Sawyers who's great to watch all the time and some of the players coming through have just been fantastic as well. But today was a great performance I was glad to see Neil Malpe scoring a goal on what I fear was probably his last appearance at Griffin Park um, you know I cannot see how somebody will come in offering large just waving a large checkbook and offering huge sums of money for him in the summer um, and good luck to him if he does go I pray he doesn't but uh, I think we probably have seen the last of him on the whole it was a season of consolidation. We've now been in the championship for five years. You know, we've had our ups and downs. But to finish in 11th place, um, when we get crowds of 11,000, you know, we are a good, solid championship team. We've got to take the positives. There's a lot of positive stakes in this. We're a very young team. I still think we're going to keep the majority of these players together here. Neil, the applause he got at the end there. I mean, you can't see it, but a smile on my face is beaming seeing him, how much he was loving it with the crowd. Yeah, really looking forward to next season. I can't wait. Bring it on. It was a brilliant way to end the season. It was a 3-0 win. It could have been four. It could have been five. Preston didn't really turn up, if I'm honest with you, but we had to grind that out. And two of those goals were absolute quality. Um, I thought Force's goal for the third one was a brilliant finish and I, and I think Canos setting up more pay for the second one um, quality absolute quality so that's, that's all that's good about Brentford's play uh, and, I th and I think like most of the chat after the game is like who are we going to keep who are we going to sell who's going who are we going to bring in what do we need to replace and it's quite an it's going to be an interesting summer I mean, we haven't got any answers to that but people were saying you know looking at Morpay coming round at the end on his own and clapping people were saying oh he's saying goodbye I don't I don't I don't necessarily think that I think Morpay's really happy at Brentford and and I think it's better to be big dog at Brentford than bench warmer at Brighton but I, I honestly, I honestly hope that he stays. I'm going to speak to Mr. Cliff Crowner. So we've got the, got the, the, the chairman of the, the chairman, Mr. Chairman. <laughs> how you doing? Listen, how you doing? And listen, we're just talking to everyone. We're saying, seasons had its massive ups, had its massive downs, mm. bad moments. Obviously, the sad death of Rob Rowan has just really rocked the club. You know, um, Dean Smith going. You know, at the moment, which rocked us at the time. You know, so we've had certain situations, but we've also had a lot of up points. We're asking everybody, give us a score out of 10 and give us a reason why. <laughs> um, I would say 7 out of 10. Interesting, why that? Uh, because we've shown that on our day we're uh, easily in the top six in the league. And uh, I think it's individual errors have cost us, mistakes. Perhaps uh, defensively we haven't been quite good enough. Uh, and yet once we change the formation we look much better. So I think that... Uh, 
at the end of the day, you, uh, our goal difference, uh, the number of goals we've scored, our home form, are all really positive factors to take into next season. And I'm going to, he's not playing cards here, and I'm going to twist on it this one and, and play a different one, where I think very good points there, but on the flip side of that, that's almost a disappointment, knowing how good we are, because I've given us a 5 out of 10, yeah, right. and knowing how good that we are this season, and basically looking at the teams that have made the playoffs, like Derby County, even like West Brom, thinking that we could have even been better than them. For me, I'm thinking it's more of a 5 out of 10 because we haven't quite fulfilled our ambition. Yeah, well, it's all right to have a big ambition, and uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. But at the end of the day, you just compared us to Derby and West Brom and Leeds and Norwich. These are huge clubs and we can't forget where we come from. I still think we're punching well above our weight. That's five years in a row in the championship, in the top half of the table. And we're growing and we're getting better each year. The quality of the players is improving. We've got a really strong group of players. I think you saw today, you know, boys like Josh De Silva, I thought had a brilliant game today. Uh, Emiliano, who's had so much injury, but has got so much potential. Sergi, back to almost his best. Um, so I think there's lots of positives to take out of the season. And if we can reduce those individual errors, then I think we're in with a real shout for next year. Don't you also think it's a bit of a positive thing, the fact that I'm actually disappointed that we actually haven't done as well as we should have done? Of course, and that's the level of expectation we have within the fan base at the moment, that people feel we should be doing better, because actually, on many occasions, we show how good we are. Think back to Stoke away, to Leeds away, to Villa away. These games that we should have won, Blackburn away. These are games we should have got more points from than we did. And when we get that right we'll be in the top six, and I don't think we're that far away. Wonderful to hear from club chairman Cliff Crown there. Obviously also a delight to hear Billy the Bee Grant's dulcet tones in his absence this evening. I've got two questions to ask you off the back of Cliff's comments. The first is he gave the season 7 out of 10. As club chairman, he can't realistically give it less than a 7 unless you've had a horror show. As Billy was saying, there have been massive positives, but many people thought that this squad was capable of mounting a charge for the playoffs. I think they certainly are. With that in mind, what are you giving it out of ten? Yeah, I think I thought seven, six and a half, seven. I think six and a half was probably about right. The home form was was excellent. Uh, the away form was shocking, and that that's something we clearly need to be working on for next year. I don't think anyone could really put their finger on exactly why we were so shocking away. We put in some good performances. Um, but he, he, you know, the chairman w- was right. Actually, it was individual um, errors in a lot of a lot of those cases, and he he, men- he mentioned those three or four away games there: Aston Villa, Leeds, um, and uh, and Stoke, where we we were way better than the, the result. You know, we we, we got points, um, but we should have won. We should have won all three of those. So uh, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit galling. But that's I mean that's clearly something for the for the manager to be working on the 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 home form and the and the and the actual style of play has been hugely hugely impressive so yeah I, I think six and a half seven I, I would say five is a little bit too stingy from Bill there to be honest yeah I was, I, it's actually funny because um, I was talking about this with Bill and I'd actually given it a 4.5 4. Um, quite simply there as much as I can see as you've said we've looked at that team we think that team can really that team shouldn't have been bumbling around in 15th place um, again i there are some mitigating circumstances, obviously, the situation with um, Rob Rowan and also the fact that we lost our manager. But that team, there were so many, even before those things had happened, and as I said, we'd started to lose games before Dean Smith left. Um, you look at it, but it really did come down to, and I was kept on saying, we need to hit the ground running, and we just drew too many games. And once we lost a bit of form, those draws turned into losses. And that's what really did us in. We really needed to be a fly on the wall, to be honest, in those early weeks when uh, when Thomas Frank took over. Because I think, you know, them being such a young team, I think it probably did rock them a little bit as, as players. But it was it was inevitable that, that Smithy was going to go at, at some stage. And probably, you know, the, that the sort of the vibe in the camp probably suggested that he was, you know, they, they would have known that he was going to be off. Well, not necessarily, because a lot of people didn't expect... Um, Villa to sack their manager when they did. Um, you know, a lot of people thought that they 
kind of jumped the gun, which probably caught us. I mean, we thought, yes, if that job comes up, because last time it came up, he well, you know, there was a lot of paper talk about Smith. Um, but again, they went for somebody with experience of getting out of the league, um, which they then, you know, changed their mind further down when they realised um, things weren't as they should be. And it took Smith a while to get going, but he's got them to where they are. But, you know, going back to us, I don't think we expected that. And I think it did unset us and it did probably unsettle the players because remember there was a dec- declaration from the manager in the press to say no I'm not going anywhere and then we've heard that before we heard yeah, that that's at what Villa I mean, Delph I love the club I'm going nowhere five days later yeah exactly delighted yeah. to sign for Man City. I think for a lot of us it was a case of yeah you know I'm not going I'm you know Brentford manager I'm here to stay and there's an Uber pulling up outside ultimately that that transition that that time cost us that 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 was that was the difference between you know us finishing in 11th and us finishing in 6th I think that's what worries me going forward because that is never going to go away because as you said we are competing with teams with much much bigger teams on much bigger budgets so that's never going to get go away and that's something that we need to be able to deal with if we really want to be serious about getting in the Premier League mm. the other comment of Cliff Crowns that I just want to pick up on quickly is that one about expectations the fans expectations and whether or not Brentford fans can reasonably expect to be comparing themselves to the likes of Derby the likes of West Brom the likes of Leeds we know that the club don't have the financial clout on the scale of those very biggest sides in the championship but even if you are a plucky underdog can you not dare to dream? Yeah, you can dare to dream. And as fans, I guess, I mean, that's our role, isn't it? To get overly excited, whether it's, you know, sort of getting behind them, you know, with, with singing or you know, it, being a supporter. And with, with that, it, it you know, does come expectation and hopes. And I think we've, we've got used to the fact that you can compete with the richer clubs by being better run. Um, and you take, don't take that for granted either. You know, we, we, there's, a, there's a chance that whoever we bring in this summer, you know, I mean, the transfer market may not work out Um, you know not not everything we touch will turn to gold forever but you know we are we are a very very efficient machine um, off the pitch and the 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 so-called bigger clubs are very wasteful Um, they're they're paying way well you've seen they're they're hemorrhaging money so they're selling grounds now to 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 pay for their (laughs) over overspending and there's there's teams on the on the cusp of, of going out of business probably so so, you know, FFP is going to become more and more um, a topic of conversation over the next couple of years. And that can only serve Brentford well, given how well run they are. But if the bees are to compete with the big boys, they're going to need to hold on to their best players. And coming up, we'll be asking, was that Neil Morpay's last performance in a Brentford shirt? This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, and Dave Laney Lane and Gary GP Paul of Besotted. Just a quick update for you from tonight's Premier League action. It's still Manchester City nil, Leicester nil. City are knocking on the door, and as yet, Leicester are profoundly refusing to open it. It would be quite some story if former Liverpool bosses Rafa Benitez and Brendan Rodgers between them, and it was very nearly a City goal just as I was talking, between them conspired to win a title for Liverpool, having left the club. We'll be bringing you updates throughout the game as City continue to amp that pressure up. And talking of amping pressure up, Brentford are a club who will not be looking forward to the summer transfer window with just excitement. There'll be a bit of that, but there's also a bit of anxiety there because the vultures are circling for some of your most impressive talent. Yep. Um, Neil Morpay's name will be all over the papers and social media and digital um, clickbait sites, I would imagine, for pretty much the whole of the summer. He's one of the players that will get the longest break. Um, He's not on international duty. He won't be going to the African nations. He's not involved in any um, youth international games. So he will be literally on the beach and being being rested. Um, So... um, it's 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 he'll have a lot of thinking time to do and I, and I th- there was a lot of people thinking yesterday that um do, do you want to you're going to butt in I'm, here I'm go sorry on, go I've on. got to Dave because we've been talking about the pressure amping up City have been trying to do it with pretty football tippy tappy unlocking the Leicester defence club ta- captain Vincent Company goes no I've had enough of that he picks the ball up some distance out he goes have some Mr Schmeichel it's an 
absolute rocket from the centre half. We love to see it. And it is Manchester City 1, Leicester 0. He's a good 35 yards out when he hits this. Arrows just into that postage stamp. Absolutely unsavable. And City, as things stand, return to the top of the Premier League table. Oh, you, I, I could see the, the eyes were the eyes weren't looking at me. They were looking at the screen. They're always for you, Dave. When company does that, <laughs> yeah. So no, was, what I was saying, what I was saying was Morpay's got a lot of thinking time to do over the over the summer months. But I, I think people, as I said, people were saying that's his last game. He was doing his own lap of honour at the end, clapping everyone. But I didn't see that in his body language as saying goodbye. I just think that he wanted to say thank you. And he, he was pumping his chest, pumping his heart. Um, and w- all he said um, in recent weeks is the fact that he loves being at Brentford. And I I think we'll keep him possibly until January. Um, we're not going to keep him forever. If he carries on scoring goals, he's obviously going to go. Well, I say it depends on what, ma- what, it depends on what money we've got in, the, um, in our league. Um, it may be that clubs come down. The problem is, for those clubs, is can they afford him? Um, his record is better than Andre Gray's, better than Scott Hogan's. He's a centre-forward, so he'd command a lot more money than... Um, than um, well, we're, certainly not, we're not, not going to give him away, are we? Yeah, exactly, that, but that's how, what I mean. How much would you charge? What's the yeah. minimum where you would go, Neil Moore, pay it's, it's, off it's, you go? It's 20 plus. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it has to be. Yeah. There's just no point. We have to replace him. You're not going to get a replacement. You know, we, 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 What we need to do if we're going to sell these players is to crank up the quality of those replacements. You can't, it's no, it's no point in going back to like taking three years for them to get good we we actually need someone that's probably more stands more of a chance of hitting the ground running but that's the thing i mean you did say sort of like as you introduced this bit about you know there's a bit of, oh we're, we're a bit worried about this window we need to be looking at these windows as opportunities for us to strengthen hmm. um as i said we bumbled around in 15th plate you know 5th 14th 15th and we've crept into the top you know half of the table on like the last week of the season um that team needs strengthening i did i remember saying back in august sorry back in autumn i thought when we went start to go on a bad run i thought this team looks like it needs refreshing a bit so as much as we might lose somebody it's all about what we do with that money and it needs to be invested in a way Mm. Um, to make us stronger. And in recent years, the club's investment has been very smart. The likes of Saeed Ben Rama coming from relative obscurity didn't play a lot of first-team football for Nice. They've shown that they do know where to pluck a gem out of. So it could be, as you say, Gary, thoughts of positivity. But talking about Ben Rama, do you think there are other names beyond Morpay who the club will perhaps be worried about? Ben Rama, Romain Sawyers, yeah. Makocho even? Makocho, Holly Watkins. Um, you know, um, Eddie, Eddie Howe was there again yesterday. He's obviously sniffing. He's gone up. Sniffing. I like that Mepham. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, that it's, we are, I don't really want to be a, you know, a, a testing ground for but Bournemouth. Got, but that's over for club card after you know they, they've, <laughs> they've had four, they've had four seasons in the top flight with 150 million plus a year to to sort of bolster their war chest so they probably can afford um, our players because they do fit their style of play that's that's the that's my my biggest concern about more pay where would he actually go if he if he did leave he, he his style of play is very much suited to the way we you know, the way we click but that's a, oh sorry sorry no you go again. yeah no I so said that is one of the things that we have seen with our star players a lot of the time clubs have looked at them especially our strikers and said oh he scored x amount of goals yeah we're gonna have him throw throw a check at us they get him and they have no idea what to do with the players are they going to play in a way that would get more pay twenty five goals. That's a big question. So, but, but Eddie Howe being there, he knew Ben Rama wasn't playing yesterday, so he's there looking at who. I mean, it's more pay or Watkins, and I think it's probably Watkins is is more yeah. more more the likely. Does more pay improve that Bournemouth squad significantly? I don't think no. he gets in I mean, they, ahead they've got, of they've Wilson got decent, and King. They got decent strikers there. Mm. You know, there's just not you know unless they're going to lose two of them themselves. Well, they might lose Callum Wilson, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. Um, in which case, they they might be looking at more pay. But I, I I don't think he's got the pace necessarily for the for the top flight. The, you know, I, I think he. He, 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 he should stay put. Ollie Watkins is going to be a big star. Do you think? Yeah. Are we yeah. talking international level? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't necessarily see why he can't. He can't be a you know a Deli Ali kind of um, performer. Um, he, he's got that in his locker. He's he, he's 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 
going to mature and he's going to get better and better. He hasn't had a brilliant season for Brentford. Let's let's be, let's be honest with you. But when he's when he's at his best, he's 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 superb. Um, he just needs to get consistency, and he probably might need a move to a to a bigger club or a top club to to ha- to put that pressure on him. Mm. And it might not just be changes for Brentford because, of course, we're seeing changes to the transfer window itself. It's now going to close the evening of the first game of the season rather than having that bizarre interim Mm. period Mm. where the matches are going on, but you can still buy and sell. Are you pleased about that? Did you think the previous model was unsettling or is it still going to be stressful? Still going to be stressful. You know, we're going to be right up to the wire um, and and not knowing whether, you know, that we've got the whole team for the first game still. So um, it it is better. It's clearly better than, you know, having a week because that was, you know, Ryan, we lost Ryan Woods. Yeah, and we didn't have time to really do anything about it. Um, Well, Well, we might not have wanted to, but... Yeah, I mean, ideally, it's, you should have two weeks before the season starts. It gives everyone enough time to be able to sort of take it, take on board what they might have lost and give them at least a, a standard chance of, yeah. of replacing because those knee-jerk purchases rarely, rarely work out. Yeah. I mean, we're not in the business. We, I, I would imagine we would do a lot of our buying business early. We normally do that. So I, I, I'm expecting, you know, in the next three or four weeks to, to, to have some significant news in. We're not actively trying to sell any of our players. That's not what we actually do do if someone comes and knocks on our door with with a pile of cash and it, and it meets our you know meets our valuation then we talk mm. but you know we're not out there hawking players no. the agents might be but I, I i just there will be there will be churn this year you know uh, we, we've got Romain sawyers he's he's supposedly on the shopping list of uh, of dean smith at, at aston villa um but again can our villa in a position to be to be um to be buying and obviously that depends on whether they go up in the playoffs as well so there's there's lots of ifs and buts Mm. so you know we we are we are going to be sort of like scratching our scratching our heads and then pulling our nails out you'd have to say they are the form team but we can only hope that Brentford can hung on to their players we've just seen another replay of that company goal and my word the previous strongest contender for goal of the season was scored against Manchester City by Andros Townsend. You'd have to say that from company is right up there. And talk about a captain's contribution. You've been in and out of the side through injury. Your team is finally looking like coming unstuck at a point where three points is absolutely crucial. You can't unlock the defence, so have some of that. A screamer. Coming up, I'm delighted to say, we'll be talking to Brentford journalist Jim the Gooseman Levac. How's that for a nickname? This is Love Sport. Ian Stone's Comedy Breakfast on Love Sport. I told you I snogged, uh, snogged a woman in a stationary cupboard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as opposed to a moving cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> I snogged a woman in a stationary cupboard and, uh, and then she turned up at the gig about 35 years later. Oh, yeah, yeah. Saying, I'm, uh, I'm, remember me? Just a snog. Yeah, just a snog, yeah. yeah. She didn't turn up with a little big nose kid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you recognise him? Well, you should. <laughs> Daddy! Oh, well, that's not the sort of heckle you want. Weekdays from 6.30am. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Follow at Love Sport Radio on Twitter for all the latest news, views, competitions, and the best bits from your favourite station. Love Sport, the station giving fans a voice. Love Sport. You're listening to the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Dave Laney Lane and Gary G.P. Paul. Just a quick goal update for you. Still Manchester City 1, Leicester 0. It's a crucial point in the Premier League season. Do you see City hanging on and winning this? Me, uh, yeah. Well, as I said, um, since I've got a bet on, I'd hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we can only hope Liverpool fans around the country will, of course, be praying for a Leicester win, praying that old boss Brendan Rodgers can do them a favour. We've got lots to cover from a Brentford perspective. You're feeling positive ahead of next season. A lot of the hype ahead of this year was talking about a potential playoff push. Do you think that's realistic? 
Yeah, it, it is. We, um, you know, we we started off the season in in decent decent form. You know, obviously we we started the season with a five five one win. So I mean, we 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 actually hit the ground running. Um, but it just it, it it we we just didn't have the the quality from day one. I don't think. Uh, well, no, I think the problem is we saw the quality from day one, but we didn't see the results. So you know, Stoke game that we bossed, we gave away a stupid goal which turned out to be the story of our season. Um, obviously, our goalkeeping kind of let us down in places, it's fair to say. But, um, you know, we were getting good good performances at places like Villa and stuff like that and conceding late goals. And that kind of went on until, as I said, we got in, arrived in the middle of autumn and our form fell away in those those points we were picking up turned into defeats. If we'd have won that first away game, I think it would have been different. I think yeah. it, the, the, as the weeks went by, we still hadn't won away, still hadn't won away, still hadn't won away, and I think it, it, that that was it was clearly getting to him. And I'm not, and I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I still, as I said earlier, I'm still not sure why. But uh, there's, there's something for them clearly. You know, That's clearly I mean, we went results. to an Ipswich side that were in disarray, and we weren't able to win there. Mm. I'm delighted to say that we're now joined on the line by Jim the Gooseman Levac. And Jim, first of all, thank you for joining us. Second of all, I have to ask, where does that nickname come from? Uh, thanks <laughs> for uh, stitching me up there. Um, it's just, it's a sort of nervous reaction, I guess. Um, there's, there is a sort Do of. Do you a, quack a, a, when Brentford concede a goal, Jim? Is that what's going when, on? When there's a cross about to come in, I will make a high pitched uh, goose kind of sound. <laughs> um, but it does derive from something that's probably not suitable to be spoken about on a, on a, oh. on a radio well, show. Do you remember, do you remember when, the, do you remember when the, um, the, the geese used to arrive every autumn, Jim? We used to stand there watching them, and it used to coincide with us starting to actually play a bit better. And we thought, <laughs> and so we, we, we were waiting for the, 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 the migrating geese to, to show. <laughs> but I won't be doing it this evening, I'm no, afraid. No, no. Point. Yeah. Well, Jim, either way, lovely to have you with us. Of course, you're an expert in all things Brentford. We've seen two two managers at Griffin Park in charge this season, and I'm interested by the way the two different men, Thomas Frank and Dean Smith, interacted with the press. Have you seen very different styles from them? Yeah, very, very, very different. Um, the commonality, I think, between the two is that they were both very, very good uh, with people, um, and I think that's been a key part of the sort of evolution of the, the management that we've had at Brentford. Um, Mark Warburton, possibly not as much, um, but these two guys are fantastic with the media, um, and you would imagine fantastic with the players as well. Um, and I think Thomas Frank has taken it on to another level. I know there were issues um, at the time he took over, just before Christmas, and he had quite a sort of a bad run with possible rumours of a lack of discipline. But he's sort of righted that now, and the players want to play for him, and that and that's that's a big part of of why we've sort of moved forward as we have, I think, this season. Jim, you were obviously in the you know the press conferences after the games during that stinky run. Um, did was there ever panic that came across in in Frank's in Frank's um, responses or his his quotes? Did, was he was he clearly worried, rattled? No, no. I mean, they, it was interesting because uh, during the bad run that Marinus Dijkhausen had, um, we. It's funny, when, when the media sort of get together, you get a feeling about somebody um, as, as a kind of pack mentality kind of thing. And we never really felt that confident that he could turn it round. Uh, Thomas always seemed very assured, very composed. Um, and he was, well, I, I remember him saying, I am 100% confident that, that we can turn this round. Um, I suppose cynics would say, well, he would say that, wouldn't he? Because, you know, he's in employment, and until he's not, then he's got a job to do. But, you know, his sort of, his approach to the team, his approach to any sort of initial problems that there were during that sort of shaky spell, um, he, he sort of applied hard work to it, and that's what sort of got him through it, I think. And the players eventually jumped on board and, and seemed to seem to buy into 
his approach now. And the, the change of formation, that was that was clearly pivotal. It, it took us all a bit of, by surprise. Nothing when we saw Canos played in that fullback position on, uh, in that match. We kind of all scratched our heads and we thought, right, right, this is, this is make or break time, isn't it? Either it works or it, it becomes untenable. But um, it, it, it did it did work. Did he did he explain that change of formation after the game? How, how did how did he how did he sort of broker that? He with talks us? repeatedly about the defensive mindset. Um, I mean, it's a, you know, if I had a quid for every time he'd mention that, then I'd, I'd you know, I'd uh, I'd get season tickets for the next three three seasons because he is obsessed with it and. I guess it comes from the sort of philosophy that if you make your side hard to beat, then you won't lose games, and then you can work on sort of scoring the goals at the other end. And, and with more pay there, I guess it's a bit of a no-brainer, really. Um, I think the the sort of arrival of, of Julian Janvier after after injury was a major factor as well, to be honest, because he's he is the steel at the back there. Um, yesterday, uh, he didn't really. You know, obviously his loss didn't affect us too much because Preston didn't have a lot to offer. But there have been games where he he stands up. I mean, he's he's the strong guy at the back, and I think a lot of it was was down to him. Um, but changes like Canos playing right wing back. You know, Canos is a kind of player who likes to see the the whole pitch ahead of him, and it, and and it's made him better as a player. I think in this final part of the season, I, I I've sort of been concerned about Sergi Canos because I just thought he's not sort of making that step up. Admittedly, he is still young, but this this in the tail end of this season, he really has, and uh, I bet he can't wait for next season to start. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow, and Dave Laney Lane, and Gary G. P. Paul of Besotted. Delighted to say we're still joined on the line by Jim the Goose Levac and Jim. Brentford's end-of-season awards were last night. We've had various winners. Goal of the season goes to Ben Rama versus Hull City at Griffin Park. Sergi Carnos wins Community Player of the Year. And Joe Hardy and Morpay Players of the Year. Did you think those were all fair? Would you have gone for any roguer shouts? Um, well, I, I did actually vote, and I voted for the Ollie Watkins goal at, at Stoke Away, uh, which was a 15-man move. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, on the on the clips that they put on the on the website, they only showed the sort of final three or four passes of that. So I, I think you think he you was know, robbed, like a bit of sorry. Do you think he was robbed? They didn't show the full brilliance of the goal. Robbed. Absolutely, yeah. I'd like a I'd like a sort of recount on that one. To be <laughs> honest, yeah. Um, and also, um, my player of the year would have been Romain Sawyer's. Um, big fan, big fan of Sawyer's. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't you can't. Uh, you can't deny that Neil Morpay's been absolutely fantastic for us this season. Brilliant. Well, and the, the talk in the press room, Jim, about Morpay. I mean, obviously, obviously, the, the other journalists would be obviously just constantly talking about moves. Is he going to stay? Well, what's, what's your what's your hunch? My hunch is that Brentford are going to have to sort of rip up their sort of wage ceiling if they want to keep him. Oh, that, and, that, and that's my head speaking. My heart says that he loves it at Brentford and, and will stay. Um, but, you know, money talks. And as Thomas Frank said to us yesterday, you know, there is a market out there. We've done really well this season. We've got players who, you know, are attracting envious glances from, from other clubs. But you know, I, I would. Uh, I, I suggested to him there are a lot of Brentford players who have done really well at Griffin Park, but um, and have moved and not quite achieved. You know what what was expected of them. Brentford's a very special setup. It's unique, and you know you you almost you almost weaken yourself by leaving. Um, and I want every Brentford player listening to this show to to really dwell on that. Um, if they are. Um, everyone, and that everyone listens to this, Jim. But, you know, you never know. Indeed. And you know, next season you mentioned Griffin Park, and you mentioned about special Brentford is, but it's a special ground. Next season, we we can't forget is going to be the last season at Griffin Park. You've been coming as a, as since he being a young kid. Your dad would have taken you to Griffin Man Park. Man and boy, Dave. Man and Man boy. And boy. It's going to be it's going to be an emotional time for us all. But you 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 especially too. It will be. Yeah. I mean, it's I I can't even. Sort of begin to think what it will feel like that when they shut the doors for the last time. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've got a lot of memories down there. I've sat there with my grandparents. I sat sat there with my dad. I used to meet him in the forecourt and still sort of go over to the spot where I used to meet him and shut my eyes before games and just say, you know, key moments in games, I'd look over at his seat in on the Braemar Road, you know, and, yeah, it's going to be tough, and everyone's got their little story. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's it will be an emotional time, but, you know, you've got to move on, and uh, it's for the best, I think. And watching Lionel Road coming out of the grounds, you know, it's, it's, it's looks it looks an impressive stadium. It's exciting. I mean, when I, I drive back up to, I get on the M4 to go home after games and I take the little shortcut through and you look at it and you think, you know, in, in a year's time, maybe more than a year, that's, that's going to be buzzing. Um, more fans in there. Will it be the same atmosphere? Possibly not. It'll be slightly different, but that's where the fans need to step up and I think we need to play our part um, to make it still, you know, intimidating like Griffin Park is. Um, I'm just hoping, I mean, I haven't been inside, obviously, but I'm just hoping it's close to the pitch and, you know, that uh, some of the sort of intimidatory tactics deployed by by, the, by our friends in the, in the Braemar uh, continue throughout the ground because it gives us an edge, definitely. No, I don't know who you mean. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, I think we'll be all right at the end of next season. I think once it once it's once she starts to come down, as I said, I think my hay fever might be playing up that day. Someone will yeah. be cutting yeah. onions near. Christmas yes, Park. I think so. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I will have a little. There'll be a tear definitely. Um, you know, but you have to sort of look at the bigger picture, don't you? And things change. Um, I just hope that the club, because there will be a lot of disappointed people who don't get get in on that final day, I hope the club, and I'm sure they will, do something to allow people to sort of, you know, have a last look round and say their farewells. Um, but, you know, they, they, they do tend to listen to the supporters. And again, that's what makes Brentford very, very special. I think that there's people there who understand, you know, the way the normal fans think um, and so yeah they'll look after us I'm sure but we're hearing that things at Brentford aren't quite as perfect off it as we always assume they will be at such a well-run club because the new CEO Mr Varney might have his work cut out Jim yeah, well, I mean, this, this is the news that um, you know revenue is is been is down um, on on this time last year. It's it's you know the the the, the I follow um, su- uh, subscriptions and the revenue coming in from that is halved from two hundred k to a, to a hundred k. The the beverages and the refreshment um, catering's down a hundred thousand. You're doing your bit though, gents. Yeah, and, and t- yeah. ticketing incomes down four hundred thousand quid. You know it. It's, oh, it's they're, they're off the pitch. They need to they need to up their game as well, Jim, don't they? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, there've been issues off the pitch, um, and I think obviously moving to the new stadium, it's 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 crucial that those off the pitch elements are sorted out before we make that move. Because if you go there and it's not run properly, then then they will have problems. Um, you know, I think this. The, the, the problems they have faced have been well publicised. Um, ticketing, yes. Um, other sort of smaller elements like the catering. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't tend to use the catering at all. So, you know, perhaps they need to appeal more to families, deals, I don't know. Um, but certainly going into the new stadium, that is, that's going to have to be a priority for them. Jim, thanks ever so much for your time. It's been lovely speaking to you. There's Jim the Gooseman Levac there. Delightful to hear his thoughts. A wonderful Brentford journalist. And it is, of course, coming up to a historic season for Brentford. You guys feeling optimistic about the beginning of a new era? Yeah, I think you, I think we have to. I'll, I'll probably save my nostalgia and my emotions to towards the back end of the season. Mm. I can't. We can't let it. We can't let it hang over us like a dark cloud. Otherwise, you know, it, it, it does change the dynamic. It, obviously, we we have every right to look back and to celebrate the history and the heritage, but we also have to literally enjoy the here and now as well. And assuming that the players um, don't all desert us during the summer, and we have got the nucleus of this squad there's every reason to suggest that ne- 
next season should be a really positive one. Whether it's whether it's a, a playoff season, we we won't know. That's a lot of that's out of our hands. But I'm I'm expecting us to be more consistent. That's for sure. Yes, I would. Again, I would expect um, you know the ticket and income to go up. Um, next season because I do think there will be a lot of people who maybe haven't got a season ticket now that will think one you know one last season you've also it'll give you a better chance of getting a season ticket where you want to be sitting in the new stadium so I suspect that that will put things down I think people will be I mean what better way would there be to send off Griffin Park than you know for it to be the season that we get into the Premier League Absolutely, and remember that you can get the end-of-season special Besotted podcast on Friday morning as the end of one season comes and the beginning of another looks just yep. to appear on the horizon. The end-of-season special is normally a really good one. We try we try and get everyone that's been on the podcast during the season to, to come come down to... All the fans who've been in the pub. <sighs> mm. <laughs> it's normally that's a, an achievement. No, we're going to need, need a bigger studio. <laughs> yeah, no, so yeah, that, I, I, should, I think it's going to happen this week. If not, it'd be the week after. But mm. uh, yeah, so we we that, that's something to really look forward to. We've got some big plans for for next season. So uh, yeah, there's 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 lots of big projects going on. So we'll we'll take a break a little bit, but then we'll come back raring to go all over again. Mm, it's going to be glorious stuff. Remember, you can get the guys on Twitter as well at Besotted, and I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask for a place prediction for next season I know so many factors are out of your hands you don't even know which players will be knocking around but where do you think you'll finish I, I want to go sixth I'm gonna think, I think we'll I, th- I think the last game at Griffin Park will not be the one that comes up on the fixture list I think it will be there'll be bonus games and that yeah. is going to be a playoff match no I think um, we're going to do a Spurs we're going to finish our last season unbeaten at home um, can we win more than so three game away games next season that's the big question and bearing in mind 33% of those games we won were against teams that didn't turn up and it's the anniversary 1929-1930 season was the season that Brentford won every yeah. single home game it's going to happen you heard it here first on the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio gents thank you and you'll have to join us very very soon Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.